I know what you are. Say it. A podcast. Hi, and welcome to Breaking Twilight. This week, we'll be talking about Midnight Sun. I'm Steve, and for personal reasons, I've been crying in Alaska for the last two weeks. I'm Gwen, and I just really don't want to disappoint my angelic vampire dad. (laughs) Carlisle, if you're out there. I don't think Carlisle's ever disappointed in anyone. (laughs) You could do a lot and not disappoint Carlisle. It's, It's a little bit... That's fair. That's like his whole deal. He's not being disappointed in people. That's his vampire superpower. Okay, so here's the thing. There's actually Twilight news for the first time? Like, we always do, like, a bit of a news segment on here, but, like, legit, real, real, news? News real? News real? Not just those BuzzFeed articles that are like, 25 things you didn't know about Twilight, except we did know. We did know BuzzFeed. We know everything BuzzFeed. Yes. It'd be like 25 things you didn't know about Twilight. Robert Pattinson has been in other movies since then. For real! What? What? Why did that? That's not a fun fact. That's just, that's his job. Fun fact, did you know Robert Pattinson was in Harry Potter? Yeah, yeah. Yes! I did, BuzzFeed. I've seen that exact one. BuzzFeed, why do you torture me like this? <sighs> BuzzFeed, 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 BuzzFeed. Forget about BuzzFeed. Forget about BuzzFeed. We have real news today. We're here to talk about GQ. We are here to talk about GQ. I um don't know how to talk about that article because it, it is a train wreck. But I did thoroughly enjoy it. Oh my god, Robert Pattinson has never been more relatable in whole- Like, I think- I don't know, am I like- Am I unique in that view of of this? No, no, he's definitely- Like, I'm worried everyone is like, reading this article and going like, Wow, what a fucking weirdo, who the fuck does this shit? And I'm reading it and I'm like, this is all- I could- I- I could see myself doing all of this. I only take umbrage with his cooking because it is buck wild. That man is unhinged and feral as hell. I mean, who hasn't set something <laughs> on fire in a microwave? Okay, that's different. Like, okay, he... he okay. Mm, mm, okay. He stacked mushy microwaved pasta with, like, layers of sugar and cheese and sugar and cheese and sugar and cheese and sugar and cheese. And Why and was there so much? sugar and and half a hamburger bun that he like toasted with a lighter he didn't toast it he took like he took a lighter and he burned the initials of his fake fast food company (laughs) into the top of the bun and then he wrapped it up in tin foil and chucked it in a microwave and when the microwave exploded he was like ah fuck and that was it and then he like very confidently was like anyways that's what that is (laughs) like he had done something (laughs) It's so weird that reading that made me hungry. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Are you hungry for sugar and cheese? Because that's all that was. I mean, that's all I'm ever hungry for. You know what? That's fair. Usually one or the other, not like both at once. Maybe you should try them both at once. Maybe it's good. Maybe this is actually like a fantastic food and we're all just laughing at him and like... You mean you've never had melted cheese sugar? <laughs> It's a delicacy. I am this close to getting up right now and trying that shit. 
No, we can't. <laughs> We've it's just taken us three hours to start record- recording this podcast. You are not getting sidetracked and going to the kitchen. Okay. All right. But like, what was that? That was my favorite part. Is this article is so. No, actually, I've got two favorite parts. Mm-hmm. What I'm going to say first, this article is so fucking long. It is, like, it was done over multiple interviews, and then he, like, the guy who wrote the article also, like, went and talked to other people about Robert Pattinson. Like, this thing happened. Is this, like, is he fucking with me? And everyone's like, no, no, that's just what Rob's like, bro. Like, he had to talk to other people who worked with Rob to decode what the fuck Rob was talking about, and they were both like, it's both, he's fucking with you, and he's being legit. And what does that mean? <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> that means nothing. Thank you. Oh man, that was useless. It was useless. In the first paragraph of the article, it mentions he's living with his girlfriend, and then she's never mentioned again. Yep. Like imagine, <laughs> imagine living with Robert Pattinson right now. And he's doing these multiple interviews and all this fucking weird bullshit's going on. And you're just like, just like vibing, bro. Just watching that all happen. She's just like watching Netflix in the background. Like, as long as you don't actually set the apartment on fire, I'm not going to bother you. It's whatever. Do your thing. Like, she maybe looked up when the microwave exploded, but that was it. Yeah, exactly. And then the other favorite part, okay, so because it's quarantine, everything's done remotely, so you can't send a photographer. So Robert did all of his own photography for this article, and it's something. They're basically modern Renaissance paintings, and I love them. I say this with no irony. They are art. They are. But also, oh my god. uh, We're going to link this. We're definitely going to link this, but also, like, this article has been making the rounds on every social network like you've probably seen it and if you've been like clicking on it and being like oh this is too long i'm not gonna read this just please read it (laughs) at the very least scroll through and look at the photos please Mm -hmm. one of my favorites so because this is you know a fancy distinguished magazine gq i guess i don't know whatever so with every photo they have to put under the photo like what designers he's wearing and how expensive everything he's wearing is, which is just like, I never really got that thing that magazines do, but like they do that. And my favorite one is there's one where he's standing in his closet and he's got like scarves tied around all his limbs. Um, And let me uh, just read the caption on this because it is, it is something. Blazer, $1,595. And pants, $695 by Paul Smith. Scarf, worn on head, $270 by Turnbull and Asser. Scarf, worn on neck, $170 by Dwar Men. Socks, yellow and pink, $205 for pair. And turquoise and red, $155 for pair by the Elder Statesman. Flip-flops, his own. guy <laughs> <sighs> just has a bunch bunch of fabric tied around every part of his body and they had to list the the brand name and price of every single one and then they get to the flip-flops his own (laughs) they're like target flip-flops i fucking bet they are you probably are this one if you scroll a little bit down just says shirt price upon request that's it (laughs) (laughs) you can barely 
even see the shirt in the picture? It's like a close-up of his face, and the shirt is blurry in the background. Right? I'm requesting. Let's go. What is it? It's also literally a mirror selfie. Yeah. Because Nikon is reversed. Mm Mm-hmm. The best one, though, I think, is probably the very first one in the article where he's just, like, in some kind of, I don't know, trench coat onesie and work boots in the corner, and he's just, like, kind of crumpled on the floor, and there's just, like, brand name, like, Kellogg's and HP sauce and Heinz beans just, like, around. It's art. There's also uh, Wipeall, which I think is, like, another brand for Lysol wipes. Yep. Yep. A light bulb for some reason. And he's just, like, staring off into the distance. The lighting is, like, so dramatic. Like, it's... This is... Yeah, this is art. Yeah, it's goddamn beautiful, to be honest. I'm gonna save this picture. Yeah, the first picture really is, like, it's very good. It's a Renaissance painting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Being weird in interviews is not weird for Robert Pattinson. At this point, we just expect it. Yep. One of everyone's favorite weird Robert Pattinson things was when he was on the Today Show. Um, I think it was in between Breaking Dawn Part 1 and Part 2. And he was promoting um, Water for Elephants. So the the interviewer asks him if he ever wanted to j- run away and join the circus. And he says completely like deadpan without hesitation that the first time he went to the circus, a clown died. <laughs> The interviewer, like, kind of follows up on that because what the fuck? Right? And he, just this whole elaborate story about how, like, the first time his parents took him to the circus, a a clown and tiny joke car exploded and he died and the circus had to be evacuated and it was horrible. And we're going to link the video to this because the way he says it, like, it's... It's clear that he's joking, but it's also not. Like, he's laughing as he says it, but he also doesn't say, I'm kidding. So it's like, you can't even question him, because what if he's being serious? This goes back to the, is he fucking with me? Oh, yeah, probably, but he's also being legit. Yeah, it's something. And then in this recent GQ article, he has a, uh, there's a part where he says, like, Whenever he does an interview, his publisher calls him afterwards and is like, what fires do I need to put out? And he's always like, I don't remember what I said. <laughs> and that, um, that explains the clown thing. It does. So much. It explains a lot of things. Somebody interviewed him in Germany afterwards and followed up on it. And he's like, oh, I made that shit up. Like two weeks later. Yeah. <laughs> they were already running news articles and stuff about it. They were like... This horrible traumatic event happened happened to Robert Pattinson. You guys n- didn't know about this? What? And it was nothing. The circus isn't fun and games for Robert Pattinson. <laughs> oh man! Honestly, though, iconic. That's so good. Yeah, dude, sitting here reading these articles, like these motherfuckers fell for that. <laughs> awesome. It's so weird, like how. Twilight has been very in the news just for these two completely unrelated things happening, which is the GQ article and, uh, well, Midnight Sun. So Midnight Sun is finally coming out. Everyone already knows that. I still, like, it's so weird that that's finally coming out because, like, it's just been such a joke for, like, the last decade. It feels like such a lackluster announcement. Yeah, that too. Like, the timing of it is very weird. Yeah. But why has it been a joke for the last 10 years? Let's talk about 
what happened. Yeah, Gwen, do you want to tell me the story of, like, what happened with Midnight Sun uh, approximately a decade ago? I will gladly tell you the story. In August 2008, Smyre had about 12 chapters done of Midnight Sun, and then it got leaked, and people were reading it, and she was big mad about it. Like, I get that. Okay. And then, um, so she, she canceled it. When she announced that it was being cancelled, she said, If I tried to write Midnight Sun now in my current frame of mind, James would probably win and all the Cullens would die, which wouldn't dovetail too well with the original story. In any case, I feel too sad about what has happened to continue working on Midnight Sun, and so it is on hold indefinitely. I'd kind of like to read that AU. Right? How funny would that be, though? Be like, this is Twilight from Edward's point of view, and then everyone dies. And then you're like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out um, everything that happened after book one was actually um, a dream while Bella was in a coma for a year. Yo! And (laughs) And she looks at Edward and she's like, I had a dream we got married and had kids. And he's like, oh, fuck. Do you think Edward's even still around when she gets back? Well, it depends. Does this dream happen like, like Inception style over like, six hours while she's in like a mini coma or is she in a coma for a year i said she was in a coma for a year and like all of the events of breaking dawn eclipse and new moon happen in her dream but i think that means that edward probably died via the volteri in the meantime why wait no he (laughs) dies via james because james kills all the cullens what am i saying right yes so Be then, a loophole. Does that mean that Rosalie is still alive and Jasper because they were Hales, <gasps> not Cullens? Oh. Okay. So Bella gets out of the coma. Okay. Everyone's still alive. No, everyone's dead. <laughs> all the Cullens are dead. So James killed all the Cullens, uh, put Bella in a coma. Bella has Bella fever dreams, a uh, new moon eclipse breaking dawn. Bella gets out of the coma. Rosalie and Jasper are still alive. It's a year later. We get the Bella Rosalie storyline. Okay, love that. I'm going to say that that's probably not what she meant, but I'm willing to play in that space because that is very fun. Was Rosalie even there when they were fighting James? Everyone was there, right? Yeah, everyone was there. They were all there. Wait, Rosalie wasn't there. Why wasn't Rosalie there? I don't think she was there. I don't remember, but hang on. Sidebar. definitely there. For, like, the eighth time this year, I'm going to open Twilight on my goddamn Netflix account. I hope this is totally fucking with all your recommendations. <laughs> it probably is. Okay. It doesn't say in the books, because Bella's kind of, like, out of it at the time. Edward, Carlisle, and Alice are definitely there in the book. In the movie, Rosalie and Esme are not there. So. Rosalie and Esme live. plot hole in Twilight. <laughs> Rosalie and Esme live, and they start a bakery. Yeah, by themselves, because if James wins and kills all the vampires, he's not going to leave the human girl. But, like, how, how- She's in a coma! She's in a coma! That's how we need to get the other books, or her, her right. fucking coma dreams. Okay. Alice takes James what down if- <laughs> with her, because we're not giving up the next snapping scene. And exactly, then- that's what I was yeah. going to say. Okay. Maybe he, like- I don't know, rips, like, some part of Alice's, like, leg off or something. I, I, I mean, and then, like, well, she's, like, snaps his neck, but she's bleeding out and she dies. Vampires can't bleed out. And if their arms get 
like ripped off they just like suction back back on yeah so what yeah so wait 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 yep vampires can't bleed out but they are vulnerable to having their neck snapped i guess zombie rules the heads like the brain part is detached okay so somehow alice and james kill each other at the same time James hasn't bit Bella, so she's not going to become a vampire, but he has, like, I don't know, thrown her across the wall, head trauma, she goes in a coma. Okay, okay. Let's play in this space again. Now mm-hmm. that we know that Rosalie and Esme wasn't there, James kills all the Collins, mm-hmm. except Rosalie and Esme, and they're like, well, guess we'll start a bakery. Bella, coma. Charlie calls the Cullen house... To be like, do you know what happened to Bella? Because they were the last ones to see her. Uh, and then uh, I bet it gets chalked up to like it's a gas leak at the um the place where they were because like they burned down the um mm-hmm. the dance studio. So they say like, oh yeah, gas leak, whole family died. Bella's the only survivor, but she's in a coma. And then that way, like Charlie doesn't blame the Collins because like they're also suffering major loss. Valid. Yep. Uh, Rosalie and Esme probably like visit Bella in the hospital every day because like that's like a thing. Esme for sure would. Esme for sure would. I think maybe she like drags Rosalie along and Rosalie's like, ugh. Yeah. We're, like all my family's dead because of her. And then like Rosemay, like, Rosemay. What? <laughs> <laughs> that's what the bakery's called. Rosemay. Rosemay. No, the bakery's called Rosemary. Oh, I love that. Yeah, they make, like, bread. Um, anyways, <laughs> bread with rosemary in it, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rosalie gradually softens to the idea of visiting Bella and, like, forgives Bella, but Bella's, like, obviously still in this coma. Bella wakes up, it- and then, I don't know, something, stuff happens, but uh, Bella and Rosalie get together. But also consider this. Mm-hmm. Rosalie is super bitter about it forever because she can hold a grudge, that's true she can hold a grudge and then bella wakes up and they have like this really angsty like tension but a drama year passes yeah so, like, there's time for the grudge to soften slightly soften the grudge slightly is still there and then they have like this this big kind of blow up conversation where like bella's like it wasn't my fault and rosalie's like of course it was i don't know i didn't work out the details of the dialogue yet esme insists on hiring bella at the bakery yes and then it's like coffee shop AU, but it's a bakery. I high key want to write this. <laughs> I might. I might fuck around and write this AU. Um, okay, so let's you were telling me something about how she like only some chapters leaked at first, but then she deliberately leaked the rest of them. Yeah, she posted the whole doc on her website, which now you can't find because she took it down to put up the promo for new midnight sun naturally yeah so what was that just like a pdf you could download i want to say that it was just a page or a couple of pages on her website i don't remember it's been so long and now every time i try to find it it's like it all links back to stephaniemeyer.com which is now nothing but the promo and that letter well haven't you tried using the wayback machine no Oh, shit. Okay, it was a PDF you can download. And I'm about to download it right now, beach. Of course you are, because you need to compare it to the new book to see what she fucking changed. Yeah, baby, you know I do. 
It's 264 pages, my guy. Holy shit. Okay, so originally a few pages... What was it? Like the first chapter or the first couple chapters? The first few chapters, I think. Yeah, like not a ton, but like a few chapters. And then Smear was pissed. So she was like, whatever, fuck all y'all. Here's everything I've written so far and I'm never writing again. Ugh, it's not a phase. Mom slams my door. Yep. Yeah, like very dramatic teenage angst and like we understand completely where her character inspiration comes from. Anyways, um... <laughs> And then, like, nothing. And then she writes a gender-bent Twilight out of spite? I guess. And then that apparently was, uh, like, inspiration enough for her to be cool with letting Midnight Sun happen again. So she started writing some more. So bizarre. Okay, so uh, how do we feel about the new Midnight Sun release? Like, what do we think is going to happen that's going to be different from the old one? Like, she's had 13 years to write this. There's no way the first, like, 17 chapters that she released are going to be the same. I have a feeling that if there are changes, they're going to be real small for the first little bit. Yeah, she's not exactly someone who takes risks. Yeah, like, she did say in the letter that she's a different person now, and I get it. Her back got weird. Her back got weird. But, like, like I've been trying to write the same bullshit for about 10, 12 years, and, like, it's gone through a good few changes, so I get it. But at the same time, she's just rewriting the same thing that's already established. Like, there isn't a whole lot to play with. That's true. Like, she can't... She can't really make any big plot changes because it still has to fit into the same shit that she's already written and published. Exactly. Like, she can't decide that characters are different. She can't decide that the story goes differently. She can't take things in a different direction because she really just has to write what she's already written just from a different perspective. Like, I I think my hope a little bit is that Midnight Sun will be a bit more of a prequel. Okay. I like that, that it doesn't start with Bella coming to town. It's like a little bit of Edward living his life first. Yeah, because like we know interesting things happened to to Edward before the Cullens got together and like before he joined up with the Cullens, basically. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, my hope is that we get more information about Edward's character. That would be cool. Like, I feel like that would be more interesting and would give us more to talk about than just like, well, here's the exact same story, but from a different character's perspective, but the different character is equally as bland and has the exact same personality as the character we already have the story from. Yeah. I wonder... Now, we never read Life and Death. No. I wonder how different that one is. I've heard it's not very different. Like, it's basically just the same, but with the names swapped. Okay. So, we have two ways it can go here, then, is that either she's not going to rock the boat and reinvent the wheel with this because she's very comfortable in the story that it is, or she might fuck around and play a little bit. Like, there are parts where it's Edward, like, doing his own thing before he starts stalking Bella and spending every moment of every day with her, like... Maybe he doesn't go to Alaska to cry for two weeks, you know? Except she's not going to do that because it's supposed to be the same story. Like, she's not writing an AU. She's writing the same story from a different perspective. Like, with life and death, if she wanted to, she could have gone off the rails. But she can't here. She's shoeboxed herself. Yeah. I mean... So, like, I think a prequel or, like, maybe some retconning where it's, like, you know, we 
establish Bella as an unreliable narrator and say some things were actually different than from how Bella presented them. Yeah, but I don't think she would do that. No, I don't think. I don't think that's something Stephanie Meyer would do. I want to give her the benefit of the doubt because she's had. I know she's had thirteen years to chill with it. You know, maybe something is different. But here's the thing, though. Like, I just. She's had 13 years to chill with it, but in that time, has she ever walked back any of her mistakes with Twilight? No, that's true. And there's nothing to say that she was working on this for 13 years. She probably fucked around and wrote a page or two here and there. Yeah, and, like, has she ever acknowledged, like, apologized or even acknowledged, like, the harmful effects her racism in the books have had? Not that I've heard. Yeah, so, like, that's the thing. Like, I just... I can't give her the benefit of the doubt when she hasn't done anything in the last 13 years to show that she thinks she's made any mistakes. Right. Yeah. Like, sure, she's a different person, but, like, how different is she really? Like, and you brought up, like, you have things that you've been working on for 13 years and they've changed. I know those things that you're talking about, but, like, there's a huge difference between 12 and 25 than there is from... Yeah, like, the, the much bigger difference there than there is between, like, I don't know how old Smear is. I'm just going to say, like, 40 and 53. Probably <laughs> younger than that. I don't know. Hang on. Let's see how old she is. Uh, th- well, I just went with, like, my parents' age. <laughs> yeah, that's valid. Okay. I just fucking... Okay. Okay. All right. I typed in how old is Smear into Google because I'm stupid, but Google knows what I'm talking about, so thank you, Google. Google knows what smire is google does know what smire is so how old 46 i wasn't that far off you weren't that far off so i am hoping for a prequel now that sounds dope i don't know if that's what we're gonna get but if there's a change i hope it's that yeah like in terms of like things that i would actually expect her to do like a a prequel is the only way i could see this being interesting because i just can't see her doing anything else and having it be interesting yeah and her releasing a completely boring thing is absolutely reasonable to expect because she is who she is yeah man i'd be mad if i paid full price for a book and half of it was already something that i read on the internet word for word yeah i mean i feel like i don't think there'll be any plot changes but they'll probably be like wording changes like think uh sorcerer's stone versus philosopher's stone exactly there's not going to be a lot to play with because she can't yeah, like, I would think that would be the biggest level of changes that there would be, is, like, the level of changes between those two publishings. Yeah. Do you think this is going to spark uh, a whole new, like, all of Twilight from Edward's point of view? I think it depends how well this sells. That's very fair. She's had 13 years. I wouldn't be surprised if she hasn't already written all of Twilight from Edward's point of view. But, like, honestly, that's so boring. It is boring. Like, uh, okay, here, here's my thing. If Midnight Sun is a prequel and maybe just like the last little section of it, like the last three or four chapters cover all of Twilight, but the first 90% of it is pre-Twilight and then the sequels take place between each book. So it's like his weeks in Alaska. Um, I don't know. She's not going to do that. She wouldn't do that. It has to do like the things where he's not with Bella because we already know everything that happens while he's with Bella. Yeah. We'll find out. I'm going to read it because I'm like that. But, you know. <laughs> I'm probably not going to read it because I didn't read the original and I have failed at trying to reread the books now. Like, the actual <laughs> books. Um, But I will definitely 
read all of your live tweets beautiful yeah i've i've taken to live tweeting all of my thoughts into like a a google doc i did this with crave i finished crave and i have seven pages of live tweets i don't even have crave yet (laughs) i'm still waiting so am i because i want to talk to somebody about it and no one else has heard of this book oh my god (laughs) i i really hope i get it soon but like who fucking knows with the mail right now yeah but yeah so i will live tweet all my thoughts as i do because i can't keep my mouth shut and you can read them if you like Uh uh-huh yeah. Speaking of live tweets, <laughs> I haven't gotten very far into Old Midnight Sun. I've been rereading it, but I only found it like a few days ago. And uh, I have some I have some thoughts if you're interested. Yeah. So do you want to maybe summarize like the original Midnight Sun so we kind of have a, a baseline for in August when the new one comes out that we can kind of see what the differences are? Yeah. Um, okay. I'm only on chapter two. I didn't get very far into it. You're only on chapter two yet. I can see in our doc you have so much to talk about. And I cut some shit out. <laughs> wow. That yeah. Bad. It's well, it's just like I'm just I'm just thinking my thoughts, you know? Mm-hmm. So first off, Edward is fucking insufferable and I am suffering reading it. The first half a chapter is him sitting at school being like life is tedious and people are sheep and i want to die and i deserve to die because i'm a sinner and a monster and he's just like this is an internal monologue the entire time but um it's cool because it does like fun little behind the curtain things for the vampires like every time someone gets suspicious of the cullens apparently they just pack up and leave Oh, that's not suspicious at right? all. Right? Is there anything more suspicious than being like, no, man, I'm not a vampire, and then immediately skipping town? Like, <laughs> so, some poor motherfucker in Utah has, like, a Pepe Silva corkboard. Like, he's, like, trying to track the Cullens. <laughs> he's trying to prove they're vampires. Like, God. I mean, especially, like, now in the, like, the surveillance age, it's got to be so much easier to track them. Someone is right? definitely doing that. <laughs> like, you can't do this forever. I know this is in, like, 2003 or whatever, but... It's not sustainable. Even in 2003, we we had the internet. Edward, you're doing a bad job. I mean, Stephanie Meyer, you're doing a bad job. Yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah. Man. And like, I know we already know this, but it's super amplified from Edward's point of view that his view of Bella is super predatory all the time. He's always like, oh, geez, I sure do wish I could eat her, but I can't because I'll disappoint my family and God and myself. Like... That's... Wait, it's not even like I, I can't eat her because she's a person. I can't eat her because I'll disappoint my father. That is the main is, like, thing. Three years older than me. Yeah. Well, his his main reasons for not killing Bella are he would be a monster again, and he doesn't want that, and he doesn't want that especially because mm, it would hurt Carlisle and Esme. About him. Oh yes. My God. That's basically it. And and Alice at one point is like, Edward, listen, you can't kill her because she's Charlie's only family and it would kill him too. And he's just like, yeah. What? Oh my God. I just love this. Like women aren't people. Women are just things that belong to men. Yeah, boy. Can't kill her because then I'll be sad. Can't kill her because then my dad will be sad. Can't kill her because then her dad will be sad. I, uh. Yep. So that's cool. I will say that it's it's kind of got like a flowy narrativeness that twilight doesn't have which is cool because it's like more edward's vocabulary you know it's kind of got a little bit more of a flavor like it very easily could have just been a bella voice with the names changed well that's kind of what i was expecting so i'm surprised to hear that that is 
kind of interesting. Yeah, it's it's definitely a different style. Because Edward does, like, talk like that. Yeah. So at the very least, we have that. And that's a skill that I appreciate. So there's that. I'm curious to read Life and Death and see how it compares to Midnight Sun, specifically, like, in terms of voice and how they choose to go with that. Yeah, I'm honestly a little curious to read Midnight Sun, but I haven't because I've heard it's just like a carbon copy with the name Life and Death. But like it's, is that not what I said? You said Midnight Sun. Oh, I meant to say Life and Death, sorry. Which is really boring and a cop out. And also like, it just feels like she wrote it to be petty. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) Like, honestly, I I fully believe she wrote it just to be petty to people who were calling her sexist, which is again, like... Why I don't believe anything has changed. Yeah, probably not. Like, I don't believe this book has changed very much. I don't believe it's going to be any better than the Twilight books because she hasn't shown that she's aware, like, any self-awareness whatsoever for her mistakes and, like, how she's hurt people. Yeah. Like, I hope we eat our words, but I don't have high expectations. My expectations are, like, six feet under. And, like, speaking of her mistakes, like, I, that kind of brings me to how I wanted to close out this episode. So, with the announcement of Midnight Sun, obviously the topic of Twilight has once again become, like, very much thrown into trending topics. I took a look at Google Trends yesterday and searches for Stephanie Meyer are now higher than they have been since 2011. They basically increased tenfold overnight on the 4th of May, the day she announced that she would be releasing Midnight Sun this summer. And while it's all fun and games for us to sit here and talk about a problematic thing we were obsessed with in our early teens, I think it's also really important to talk about, like, how incredibly harmful her work has been. Um, And it is something that we kind of started this podcast to talk about, and I think at, at times we get away from that. So, yeah, if you haven't heard about Truth versus Twilight, it's something I would recommend you look up right now and read everything that is there. So I'll just read this quote from the Truth versus Twilight page on the BerkeyMuseum.org website. The phenomena of the Twilight series has had vast economic benefits for Summit Entertainment, Stephanie Meyer, the tiny town of Forks, Washington, and even Nordstrom department stores. But the tribe whose culture was represented for background fodder in the teenage love story has seen little benefit. In addition to shedding light on the appropriation of the Quileut culture, we wish to expose how the Twilight Saga has presented a skewed version of modern Native American life and to offer visitors to this site an alternative perspective with links to resources for a more meaningful understanding of Indians in the modern era. So we'll definitely link that in the show notes, and I suggest... If you've ever had any, even a casual interest in Twilight at all, going there and reading all the information that is available, it's not a simple topic. And if you can, leave a donation for them. So that wraps up this episode of Breaking Twilight. Have a question, comment, or suggestion? Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at twilight underscore pod and Tumblr at breaking hyphen twilight. You can also email us at breakingtwilightpod at gmail.com. In our next episode, we'll be doing another movie review. Next up, New Moon. Thanks for listening.
Okay. Do you mind? <laughs> I am talking through a cookie. I am such a bastard. I'm so sorry. 